listener-supported KFUO. We are the messenger of good news. This is the Midday Moments program. I'm your host, Gary Duncan. It's time now for our moment of faith with Pastor Doug Nicely of Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. Hi, Doug. Hi, Gary, and uh, good day to you. Good day to you as well. And we continue the Easter theme, right? Yes, we have the Easter theme for another week. Okay. Because by the time we get to next week, it's going to be Ascension Day. In fact, we're going to have our discussion on Ascension Day. Pretty cool. That's a week from now. So what are we talking about today? Processional hymns. Okay. And the word I'm using to start out this discussion is ensign. I'll explain the word. Okay. An ensign is a flag or a standard that gives meaning to what is said by those who are marching. Such marching is an attempt to lead us to a better place. So here's the first verse in the chorus of our hymn, our marching hymn this week. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore his sacred name. Come, Christians, follow where our captain trod, our king victorious, Christ, the Son of God. And then you sing the chorus, and you get the idea after you sing all these verses that you're in a parade, that you're in a processional. And uh, when we talked about this last week, you mentioned that you even saw a bunch of pastors uh, in a processional singing this hymn one time. Right. And it was it was at one of the the uh, national conventions. They must have had quite a few verses to the hymn then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do have a source for a few more verses in case they need to add some. I know where to find them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, another famous ensign would be what we call the Stars and Stripes. When I was a kid, I was taught that our U.S. flag had 50 stars in its blue square and 13 red and white stripes. The stars uh, are one for each state in our national union, and the stripes are the total number of the founding states. This flag stands for the union between a diverse number of states for the sake of establishing and preserving freedom. When we see the flag waving, we also see the struggle that has been going on for more than two centuries to keep this union intact and the freedom that has been won for us all. That's one idea of an ensign. But uh, we'll go back to talking about one that's probably the, the most amazing of all, and that is the ensign of the cross. The cross is a symbol of the Roman Empire's most brutal form of torture. It's an uh, ensign for Christianity. You can see anytime Christians gather together, they have a cross. As St. Paul reminded the Corinthian congregation in the New Testament during the days when the cross was not exactly a glorious thing, he said, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles, but to those who are called, 
both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Interesting little comment, especially if you understand that the cross was this symbol that was just so divisive to everybody. From all the nations and ethnic groups of the Roman Empire, God chose the one thing they all agreed on. The cross was the single most humiliating thing that could happen to any of us. God took that agreement and united all nations and ethnic groups by showing that by his death on the cross, Jesus took all of our burdens upon himself and gave us the freedom from our own sins that we could have not earned ourselves. Interesting how God chose something that everybody disagreed with to have them agree because they all disagreed. Mm -hmm. And that's what the cross is. Now, we know that this hymn was written by George Kitchen, um, and he wrote it as a marching hymn for the festival of the Society for the Propagation of the Gospel in June 1887 in England. It was updated, and new verses were added in 1916 by Michael R. Newbolt for the supplement to Hymns Ancient and Modern, which is still the standard hymnal for the uh, Episcopal and Anglican Church. Newbolt's version included 12 verses, and here are some of Newbolt's verses that somehow or another didn't make it into our hymnal. Uh, we got one, two, three, four of them here. This is the sign which Satan's legions fear, and angels veil their faces to revere. Saved by the cross whereon the Lord was slain, the sons of Adam lost their home regain. Oh, that means that they lost it and they regained it. From north to south, from east to west, they raise in growing unison their songs of praise. From farthest regions, let them homage bring, and on the cross adore their Savior King. Therefore, the cross is our Christian ensign. It will be as though we put all of our altars on a carving of an electric chair. That would be the symbol that we would have in our day and age of what the cross meant in their day and age. Could you imagine that? Going to a church and seeing an electric chair where we see a cross yeah. above the altar? Yeah, that would be have, weird, wouldn't it? We have little banners that were red. And I and I put them around the cross. You know, when you hang banners around a cross. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did that for Lent in our church, and some people got really angry. And of course, they understood that the red stood for blood. And I said, that's exactly why I did it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> for that reason. Once again, this is our ensign because it unites us together in what we first saw as repulsive and was then used by the Savior Jesus to show us how we have been rescued by the very thing we find the most repulsive. We're all alike, all of us. We all need saving, and Jesus did it all for us. So the last verse of the hymn goes like this. So shall our song of triumph ever be. Praise to the crucified for victory. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore his sacred name. So remember, whenever you hear a processional song, it's meant to show us that we're headed for something that is great and wonderful. And that's the cross. That's the cross. You know, I, I was reflecting as you were talking about mm-hmm. the cross of Jesus and how, how it's really an instrument of death. It was a, it was designed to kill people. It was a di- yeah. designed to execute people. And but I'm thinking that because of Jesus, 
because he paid the price for us on that cross, it became a beautiful sign to us. We realized that Christ paid the price for us, for our sins, and now it's a a beautiful thing to look at because we know that Jesus rose again and and we shall uh, also rise again and, and be part of that new creation, that new heaven and new earth. So it became a beautiful thing to look at. So I'm glad we have it. In, in churches, <laughs> in front of everybody. Absolutely. And to, to quote a um, little bit more on what you were saying from uh, the letter to the Hebrews, Jesus did this once for all. Right. Well, let's have a little word of prayer, then we'll talk a little bit about ascension coming up. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. Let's do that. Lord, how precious and unique is your salvation for us and for all people. Help us by the guidance of your Holy Spirit to acknowledge the truth and to join in the parade of proclaiming that truth to the world. For we pray in the name of Jesus, who is the Savior of the world, through his victory on the cross. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about ascension next time. Yeah, and I found an interesting hymn. It's in our hymnal. Um, but I'm not exactly sure we normally think about ascension exactly the same way. I'll just give you the title and then have us think about it for a week or so. Okay. The title is On Christ's Ascension Now I Build. Isn't that interesting? The hope of my ascension is the next line. On Christ's ascension now I build the hope of my ascension. How often do we think about our ascension? Right. Uh, that's what this hymn talks about. And I'll give you a little bit of background on it when we get together next week. Yeah, and I'll have to reflect on that for a week, too. That's very interesting to think about. Thanks so much, right. Doug, for being on the program. Welcome, Gary. We are the messenger of good news. We are worldwide at KFUO.org.